Hello, this is Pastor Jay, and I want to give you a word of wisdom and something to think about today. Amulets, crosses, oils, waters, they all are a symbol of the reality of Jesus Christ. He is the oil. He's the living water. He's even the bread of life. He is the way and he is the truth and he is the door. All those were symbols and signs of the reality of Jesus. And when you get saved, you have the fullness of the Godhead dwelling within you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit taking up residence in you. You don't need the sign, the symbol. You have the reality. It says you can walk in the power of the resurrection. It says great is he that's in you that's in the world. It even tells you that Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. So you don't need something made by the hands of man, anointed by men and used by men because you got the Holy Spirit of God living within you. I want you to think about that the next time you grab an amulet or oil or some water. The power's is already within you. What you need that for? Think about it. This is Pastor Jay. Like, subscribe, and share. And I'll see you on the other side. Peace. Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. concentrating on 7 to 13 and at this point in time during Jesus's walk with the disciples by John 15 uh, Judas has been dispatched to go do what Judas does and now he's talking to the 11 and he's trying to reassure them that one he must go and two they're gonna be all right what I've learned is there are those of us who have a relationship with God that is so superficial that you don't really trust God until you get in a situation. Um, and, and that's fine. And that's fine. I mean, you know, he's that kind of God. He'll show up in the middle of your situation. But the reason why he gives you the situation is so you can have a long-lasting relationship with him. And the, he maybe just keep going through what you're going through because you ain't sticking with God. Um, in this passage, we've learned about the branches and there are two types of branches, the branches that stay and the branches that fall away. And it's not that they don't have the information or the revelation, they just find that they can't stay focused enough to stay. Um, we talked about yesterday um, some things and one of the things, I always like to use you know, acronyms and stuff like that. Uh, and one is SEAL, sit, engage, ask questions, and learn. And today, the, today your acronym is SOS. Write that down, SOS. 
And it's a simple one. Sit, be obedient, and stay. Sit obedient and stay. We need to come sit before the throne of grace. We need to be obedient to what God is saying in his word. Amen. And we need to stay in it. Normally, we got the first S, but we fail on the obedience and the staying because we talked about it yesterday. You want to understand. <laughs> you want to bring God's subject to your understanding. When you quote that scripture often, lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge, but we, we need to, that acknowledge mean obey him. <laughs> you don't need to understand. You'll understand once you obey. That's right. You know, the world, yeah, we need to understand, before I do something for some worldly stuff, I need to understand what I'm doing. But for God, I know that he looks out for our best interests. And a lot of times his obedience uh, sends me into a place where as I'm uncomfortable, unfamiliar, uh, 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 in a situation where as those things that, that he wants me to do are counterintuitive to the way I think in my flesh. With that, the problem comes in to whereas as long as I'm in this flesh suit, I will always have the war of obeying him and obeying self. And, and a lot of times, what I hear with saints, and, and it, it, saints is this, that they always talk about the spirit. The spirit. The spirit. I can hear God in the spirit. I need to hear the spirit. The, the only problem, saints, do you really think that you know the difference between your voice and his? In your head at times? I know I don't. The only way I'm going to know what he says is look at his word. I mean, that's the only thing I have to judge it by. I don't have anything. I don't. Some of y'all may have that kind of relationship, but I don't have. I'm, I'm just old, old preacher man. I, I, am, I don't have that, that esoterical relationship with God. I have a relationship with God based on His Word. He, He said I'm saved. That make me saved. He says I'm the righteousness of God. What He said that. He said I'm a justified in Him. He said that. So in other words, I qualify. If I feel that way, I'm going to look for it in the word so I can understand and obey what he's requiring me. So when he said, be ye holy as I am holy, then I need to figure out what that looked like. Right, right. Okay. I need to, I, and when I ain't talking about the outward thing. Because <laughs> right. we can do the outward thing real well. But it's that inward thing that we need to work on. And the only way we're going to do it be submit to the word. And by submitting to the word, you submit to the spirit. And you can understand the spirit and hear the spirit because it's speaking through his word. And then you can learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. He gave us this marvelous book. Yes, right. And he wants you to understand it. He doesn't want you to be a mystery to you. But there's one thing you got to do. You got to ab abide in him. Mm -hmm. You got to sit, obey, and stay. You have to persevere. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about persevering. There's a doctrine called the perseverance of the saints. And one day I'm going to teach that completely. But for today, we're going to learn how to persevere. We're going to see what that looks like and what it doesn't look like. Right? Because to understand what it looked like, is I can say what it looked like. But if you don't have nothing compared to what it don't look like in your life, then you'll be kind of left, kind of, okay, well, what, what is it that I should not do? 
what is that I should not think. And sometimes from knowing what to do, well, I've learned, maybe again, I'm just a simple dude. I've learned more lessons from what not to do than what to do. Because if I learn what not to do, the opposite is that of what to do. That's what repentance is. Repentance is you learn from God what not to do. And you do the complete opposite. That's what repentance is. You change direction. But you got to learn how to abide. All right, Frida, let's roll up our Bibles. Let's go to first, uh, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 13. Then we're going to go read 7 through 13 again. Amen? Amen. Go ahead. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Stop right there. So we see the branches. We see what we're supposed to do. And he gives us an emphatic statement that unless we abide in him, there will be no fruit bearing. That means that unless you persevere with him, by him, and for him, you won't bear any fruit. Well, what does persevere mean, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Persevere means that you stick and stay, and you obey. That's all it means. It means that you don't, you don't, you're hearing this in your hearing. You're hearing the prophetic word of God, and God is telling you there is no fruit bearing unless you stay with me. Amen. Too many times, too many saints... We let people off the hook with that famous statement that I know you will send them when you say it is, I know God. St. <laughs> y'all ask people, and I hear you tell me, oh, your heathen relationship with that person, and you say, well, I asked them, they say they know God. And y'all let them off the hook with that. Because you don't want to know, you want to believe that they're persevering. But the fact that they just know God, he said the demons know God and tremble. That's right. Matter of fact, the demons know Jesus and tremble. That's right. They have a relationship with Jesus. Their relationship is, that even the demon said, you the most high God. You the son of God. So that ain't nothing to, to brag about. See, we let people off the hook too easy with this they know God stuff. Because then we just relax all. They say they know God, Pastor. <laughs> well, what God do they know? Tell us about the God that you know. Amen. See, until you understand that you have to be attached to the true vine, Amen. you can have no power. You have no fruit. That's right. And what happens to us as we're going through life is that we don't understand that staying actually is a painful thing. Yes, because he said he proves those who are staying so they can produce more fruit. Yeah. Pruning is not a, a fun thing. He chastises those he loves. That's a pruning process. And what we want to do a lot of times, as I said that last week, you want to take the person out of the pruning process because you have a feeling for them. And you have this feeling about them. And you don't want them to suffer bad. But see, sometimes God in his providential nature has to let you suffer so you can see him. Amen. You got to suffer some. Yes, yes, yes. The Bible said that's how we build strength. 
When you lift weights, you lift heavier weights, and you suffer through that. When you are a runner, you run more than racing. When you, when you run the 100-yard dash, you just don't practice the 100-yard dash. What the coach is going to do is make you run 400 yards. So you can run faster in the first 100 because you built up the wind and the endurance to run the 400. You got to go beyond your comfort zone. But you got to stay attached to the true vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Much fruit. Abiding people bear much fruit. Say that. Abiding people, Abiding people bear, much fruit. bear much fruit. Okay. Not just fruit. Much fruit. Read. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. Mm -hmm. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So those who come for a little while and don't end up abiding in Christ, just situational Christians, you're on the verge of getting thrown away. You know, you're temporary. You know, you're not a fool. You know, you can fool me. But God knows you're a temporary Christian. And really ain't no such thing. That's an oxymoron. That's moronic even. God wants people to abide. So you can't even be a Christian and you don't abide. Because all Christians abide. But what we do is we make these categories and say, it's okay. You Sometimes you are, sometimes you are. You know, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. You know, we, we, we do those type of things with people. But we need to cut it straight down the middle. Your sentiment about it means nothing to God. You just, you just gotta obey what God says. I mean, it, it, it's so simple in in thinking that it confounds us because it's not out there in the sky. It's right here on the page. If you don't abide in Him, you can do something. No, it don't say that. It's a, it, it say if you if you don't abide in Him, you can do some things. It don't say that. It says if you don't abide in Him, you can't do nothing. Well, I got a job. That ain't nothing to God. I got a house and a big car. That don't mean nothing to God. I got riches. Understand this. That don't mean nothing to God. We talking about fruit for the kingdom. We talking about persevering for the person next to you. That means something to God. Your motive for having those things means something to God. But God said, you can't produce nothing without me. Don't you know even the riches that you have is because he wants you to have them? Jesus. You don't need to be looking at somebody else saying, I wonder why God doing so much for them. Well, at that point, you were coveting. Why are you looking at somebody else's stuff? Wondering what's going on in their life. You know, you all in they looking at their wheels and their phones and their clothes, and you don't even know they're gonna go, they're gonna die and be naked. They won't stand before God in Gucci. No, 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 no. You, you, you're gonna go up out of here. And God's gonna want. What did you do? Well, look at all the stuff. Well, He gonna say, I let you have it, but I ain't the one who gave it to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
You say, what you mean, God? Well, the, you know, the devil has a little bit of control over the world and world stuff. And he says, if you were friends of the world, you were enemy of mine. What, I, what the devil did is, is make a, had a little, had a, had a, a, a grieving, a, a, a grieving, a Job moment with me, with you. And he, and I, he said, I bet you, he said, I ain't going to give him the curse. You said that didn't work with Job. But what I tell you what, I give him a whole bunch of stuff and I bet you they won't come. I'll give them a whole bunch of stuff and and and, 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 and they gonna think the stuff is it. Mm. How many of us probably gonna get trapped up in that? Mm. I'm looking for a church with a brand name on it. Mm. So I can say I wear that church like a Nike outfit. But then I ask you about your salvation, all you talk about is a Nike outfit you've been wearing for the past 30 years. That's going to go to the grave and turn the dust with you. So you know, with you abide in him, you can't do nothing. Read. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now we take that scripture, the immature saints, and think that where the Bible did say, ask whatever you wish and to be done unto you. Think about this. He's still talking about fruit bearing. You ask anything you wish according to his will, it'll be done for you. Think about it. God will never not do for you, if you ask according to his will. Not the generic statement. I'm talking about you've learned the will of God and the word of God. He told us to love mercy and do justice. And walk humbly before our God. I'm going to pray in that will. I'm going to pray in that. Teach me, Lord, how to do this. Okay, teach me how to do this. I can ask anything of him. Well, he said there's no good gift he would withhold from me. He's not talking about material. He's talking about himself. Let's grow up, saints. So you don't have to be a circumstantial Christian. Or we could say a CIA Christian. You only come through when you're going through a circumstance, incident, accident. The rest of the time, you're good. Well, I guarantee you, uh, there's wages being set in heaven saying, it's my opinion. This ain't in the scripture. So they say, I'm going to tell you, it's my opinion. But I think about this. I think about what the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So what is he accusing us of? Not coming to Christ. Not abiding in him. Not sticking and obeying instead. You know. And then acting out of the humility of our heart towards one another. Right? That's, that, that's what we're doing. Go read. <clears throat> By this, my Father is glorified mm -hmm. that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. So you prove to be his disciple by abiding and bearing fruit. Yep. He said, this proves to you my disciple. He said this. They will know that you are my disciples by the way you what? Love each other. So we still have to always unpack what love means in our hearts. Because 21st century and 20th century love and 18th century love by culture changes. It changes like the wind. Even you know your definition as you become a saint should be different of love than you was when you were in your 20s. Because you love that woman. And you love that guy. And you ain't with him today. <laughs> I 
We don't know the difference between love and lust. Right. It sounds better to say I love you versus I lust after you. I lust. Okay. So we, we got these weird, you know, we conflate words into in the English language to say, oh, yeah, I love it. When you get older, you realize you didn't love them. And I'm going to prove to you that you didn't love them. You just said you love a whole bunch of people. I have to. Amen. Amen. <laughs> More than I can remember. But that word love is interesting because it's such a powerful word because it normally is, it normally uh, lowers the defenses of other people that you're talking to so you can get what you want out of them. Yeah, that's true. And love ain't meant to be used like that. It's a weapon. Amen. Read. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. So we got abide in love three times. Mm -hmm. He said abide in my love. Mm -hmm. And I have abided in my father's love. And the way you demonstrate that you abide in my love. And that's what it's about. Abiding in the love of Christ. The way you love is to be obedient. Mm -hmm. It's nothing about how you feel. Mm -hmm. He said abide in my commandments. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that rubs us. Yeah. Because we're prideful. Yeah. We're ignorant. And we don't open our word about God to see what love means. See, what you got to do is understand, for me to love you, I have to love horizontally or vertically first. See, God, when I love this way and he loves this way with me, then I can love this way with you. But ain't no sense me trying to do this love until I understand what this love really is. We spend a lot of time in that. And it's an ongoing lesson to, to, to the depths of what real love is. Okay? Go ahead, read. 13, 12. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. Stop. Amen. So we see in this love that, 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 that Jesus says it's his joy to love you. And if you learn to love like him, your joy will be full. That means your joy will be complete. That means your joy will outlast any circumstance, incident, or accident that you have in life. Because you're understanding that that's the test of your joy. How are you able to love him through your circumstance? How you love able to obey him during your circumstance. Go to Jude chapter 1 verse 21. So abiding means sticking, obeying, and staying. Uh-huh. It's only one chapter to Jude. Amen. Go ahead. Keep yourselves in the love of God, uh -huh. waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Keep yourselves in what? The love of God. Waiting on what? Mercy. So if I'm going to stay, I'm actually waiting on something called mercy that will make my joy full. 
When I receive the mercies of God and I understand that I receive them every day, then I can have full, full assurance that the joy that I have is real. It's not based upon me. It's based upon him. Amen. As I'm waiting for uh, 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 the blessed hope, as I'm waiting to receive my glorification, I am being sanctified by God as I walk with God in this, this thing, this power called faith. And faith allows me to walk with him because I understand what his word is true. See, if he's not the true vine and his word is not true, then I am walking and I'm doing it in vain. But if I know his word to be true because I see the fruit from his word in my life and in your life too. Yes. It has nothing to do Jesus. with perfection. Yes. It has something to do with you sticking, obeying, and staying. Yes. When I see that level of commitment in you and consistency in you, I can follow you now. I can't follow part-time people. Because part-time people act like they're full-time people. So, Jude is telling us that we need to seek to stay in this God, this, this, this situation of love with God. And God is saying, okay, okay, okay. So, Go to a uh, song. I want to show you, show you something in Psalms. Go to Psalms. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> Go to Psalms 145, verses 8 through 10. The Lord is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. Stop. He's abounding in what? Steadfast love. Steadfast love. Is that part-time love? No. no. Continuous. That's continuous on, ongoing love. Go to uh, verse 18 through 20. The Lord is near to all who call on him. The Lord is near to all who call on him. All who call on him. Sinner or saint, the Lord is near to all who call on him. Read. To all who call on him in truth. Whoa. Now we have a caveat. We have a stop gap. We have something we need to get over. You got to call on him in truth. Well, he said, I'm the true vine. He said, my word is true. There's no one can come to the Father unless they come through him. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one. So he said, I hear you, but you got to come the right way. When you say the Bible says, you come any way you want to. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't in the Bible, actually. You just said how you say you can come. In truth. That's right. But see, we have a problem with truth because we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We are liars from the birth. You don't have to teach your child how to lie. Over there in the children's area right now, something's going to happen where they're going to say, it's mine. <laughs> and it's not theirs. So truth, truth, you got to come to them truth and say, Pastor, what does that mean? You got to come with them who you really are. That's how you come as you are. Don't come hiding from him. He already knows. Come to him in truth. So he can hear you. A lot of you are not getting your prayers answered because you're coming too lofty. Yeah. 
got a lot of verbiage, but you don't got a lot of truth. But the law of simplicity is better. Jesus. Come like a little child. Yes. That's the Bible say. Yes. To persevere, you have to, you want God to hear you so you can have the strength to persevere. You have to come in truth. You come in truth how you feel about the situation. You come in truth of what God's word said about the situation. And you fall on your face because you're waiting on his mercy in the situation. We just read that, right? That leads to eternal life. See, you got to come in this truth so you can receive this mercy. And this mercy will give you the grace. And the grace will give you the power to preserve and to sustain yourself through stuff. But you got to come to him in truth. Read. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. Mm -hmm. Now, there's another caveat. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. What are you fearing? His wrath. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all think that y'all fear the devil. The devil ain't got to get But you ain't got to worry about no devil. Y'all too busy worrying about the devil chasing demons and all that stuff. You better worry about the devil that's inside of you. And I don't mean the real devil. I'm talking about your flesh. Because he said our warfare is not carnal. And you think it's external. No, he's talking about within you. There's some strongholds and some imaginations you got in you about God that ain't true. Ephesians chapter 2, start at verse 1. And you were dead in your in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, mm -hmm. following the course of this world, mm -hmm. following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, mm -hmm. and were by nature children of wrath. Were by nature what? Children, children of wrath. wrath. That's right. By natural, you already born as a child of wrath. Yes. Who you think gonna take the wrath out on you? God, because the devil gonna get the wrath on him. Yep. See, the devil won't company. Maybe his whooping won't be so light, so heavy. So when he tricks you with the things that you think of religiously and not scripturally, then, you, then again, you're not being preserved by the word of God. You're not being preserved because you're not obeying. And it's not a physical thing. You know, don't think I mean you need to come to church. Yeah, you do need to come to church. You do need to come to Bible study. But that should only be because you SOS. Yeah. That's all. You don't prove anything per se by coming to Bible study in church, but you come to fellowship and let the iron sharpen iron. You come to love on one another. You come to receive God's word. That's the point of us coming here. We want to hear from God. So now you can say today, I heard from God. As long as I the long as I stick to scripture, you hear from God. So when I said I had an opinion, see, Purdy, I ain't got no problem. My opinion. So you don't have to give what I said an opinion any weight. At all. I wish some of y'all would have some opinions and stop telling me God told me. <laughs> Trying to let me let my defenses down. That actually lets my defenses up. Like the shield on Star Trek. 
Right. You want to beam me up? Not so fast. Let me see what you're talking about. That's right. And we see this thing called love. We see this thing called love. And, 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 and God told us to love way back in the Old Testament. Way back in the Old Testament. Go to uh, Isaiah. Go to Isaiah. Don't go to Isaiah. Eh. No, they haven't said nothing yet, Barry. I can hear you back. <laughs> <laughs> I hear everything. Yeah, I hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amen. Praise God. They come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. Amen. Let's go to uh, uh, Leviticus. No, I'm going to do Isaiah. Let's go. Let's go way before then. God was talking about love back then. Let's go to uh, Leviticus 19 verses 12 through 16. Let's do Leviticus 19 verses. Let's start at verse. Let's start at. Leviticus chapter one. I think I think I want to do chapter one. Yeah, Leviticus. 19. Leviticus nineteen verses one, and then I want you to do two through eighteen. Leviticus nineteen one. Do twelve through eighteen. I'm sorry. Leviticus nineteen twelve. No, nineteen one. Nineteen one. <laughs> Read that. Yes. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying. Now, going. Speak, see, speak, speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Now go to 18. 18 and 19. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. See? So he told Moses, he's about to speak to Moses, then he told Moses what? You should love your neighbor as yourself. That was 3,000 years before Jesus said. That theme has continued. So you, so you know for a fact that he said it in the Gospels, and we got Paul said it in the epistles. So we know that that principle, that law, has continued throughout time for everybody. Ceremonial stuff has stopped. But the law of love never stops. The Bible even says, for, for, the, for the law of love, there is no law against love. Amen. Love covers a multitude mm -hmm. yeah. of sins and things. So when you love, you're in a position of power. When you love, you can sustain. And the agape actually means that you have a love that is so outwardly and inwardly towards people that you don't expect nothing in return. Amen. That's right. That's right. See, your love back when you was loving that girl, loving that guy, was situational and reciprocal. You yes. love me, I love you. Yes. Yes. You said you love them and you wait. Ain't you going to say you love me? <laughs> and sometimes you held back on certain things because you're not getting loved the way you want to be loved. So y'all start reading all them self-help books, ladies, about love okay. and love language. 
There's only one love language that's for saints. Just one. Not up and down, men from Mars, women from Venus, not all of that. Go to the word of God. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. How far do I need to go with that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Go back to John and read verse chapter 15, verse 13. Read that again. Let's see how this love thing works out. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. Stop. So love is a sacrifice that you will lay down whatever you need to lay down for the benefit, the betterment, and the uh, 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 upbringing and the edifying of the person that you say you love. So your love language should be sacrifice. Sacrifice. And, and that ain't even our vocabulary like that. I want you to tap into my love language. <laughs> I mean, these books get y'all going in so many different directions where you just learn and say, no, don't you want the greater love? So if you want the greater love, you got to be the greater love. And what the greater love say? No greater love? Read it. Greater love has no one than this. You don't have it. You say you don't have it. <laughs> then this, what is this? That someone lay down his life for his friends. That if someone should lay down his life for his friends. Yours may say another, but it's still a sacrifice. Yes. It's always been a sacrifice. Yes. He was obedient to the end and he sacrificed himself so that you can experience his love. His salvation, his sanctification. So that you can experience this. You are saved from the penalty of sin. You're being saved from the power of sin. But even though sin is always present, you can walk this out in the power of the resurrection. Because he loved you. Not so much you loved him. So he measures love in the same obedience he was to his father. He says that if you really want to love, learn how I was obedient and then walk in that footstep. So that footstep is always a footstep of sacrifice. You trying to walk in footsteps, well, you know, buy me flowers is a love language. Well, buy me a new car is a love language. No, not necessarily because a person that just want to use you can buy you all that. Yeah. Say that again. But to emotionally and psychologically and spiritually look for your need to see sacrifice in me lets me have a relationship with you that you can't imagine. You're like, why, why, why they do that? Because I love you. But, but I don't have nothing to give. So you ain't got nothing to give Jesus. And he loved you. So when you learn to start loving in that pattern, you actually develop the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, and peace. Yes, yes. And then you can long suffer. Yes. Then you can have patience. Ooh, then you can exercise kindness. Yes. Yes, Lord. But you gotta abide. Yes. That's right. Yes, you gotta abide. You gotta abide in his love. Yes. Now you say, well, Pastor, I, it's hard for me. 
Okay. What do you want me to do? Give you seven steps to, uh, that you ain't got to go through? No, I'm not going to waste my time with that. It's, it's this, this one step is good enough for me to unpack for the rest of my life. How to abide in Christ demonstrated by sacrificing myself for everyone else around me. That I want to see them grow. I want to see them edify. I want to see their betterment. And I don't expect nothing in return other than good and faithful servant job well done. When you start moving towards God through the servanthood of God, you're not worried about what everybody else do in response to your love. Some people will reject your love. Some people will use your love. What does the Bible say about people who use you? Pray for them. Vengeance is his. He will repay. But love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. Lord, that's impossible. He said, I know. But you can get there if you stick, obey, and stay. You can get there. You get to some level of growth in God when you learn that he's going to test your level of sacrifice at every angle. Why you got to have the last word all the time? Just be quiet. Don't brag on how, how rebellious you are. Since I hear everything, I do hear everything. And sometimes I'd be amazed at what come out of Saint's mouth. But you at war. You you at war, and as long as you think the war is outside of you, you'll never do deal with the war that's going on inside of you. You know, when I do this, how many fingers I got pointing back at me? So so when so so so. But it's always the inward-outward battle. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay? It's always the inward-outward battle. And it always will be. It, it, it never changes. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, <laughs> verses 11 through 15. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So you being rich, so you can produce what? Thanksgiving to God. Read. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. And see, it's not only for us to, to, to stop at we love each other. And we demonstrate it by being kind and loving to each other. But it overflows into how we deal with other people. Jesus. Yes. See, when I talk about dealing in the overflow, I'm talking about dealing in the overflow of loving somebody else. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I ain't talking about no overflow of no material stuff. It, it, I can go beyond. See, see, when you're really loving, you got a reserve. Can't talk about, can't remember on, that. You, you, you got a reserve so when somebody needs that love, you can... I got something for you. Because guess what I know? My God is going to give me everything according to his riches and glory. And one thing he's going to give me in abundance is his mercy and love and grace. And all I got to do is be willing to pour it out to somebody else. And then he'll enlarge my territory. So you think it's, it's land. I'm talking about capacity. Capacity to love. 
That's how you get enlarged. You started with a with a Dixie cup and now you got a bowl of love. And you get away from that bowl and now you got a mixing bowl of love. So that you can have some and you can have some. Well, last week, I only had enough for you. But guess what? Because I gave it to you, God has enlarged my territory. Come on now. Yes. This is personal for me. I've walked this walk with God for 15 years, and I can see that the love in me has increased and the problems have increased, but I test my love and my ability to stay with him because I don't go nowhere but try to stay with him. So the challenge is, can you handle the heat while you're under the love order? I wish I could promise y'all some material stuff. <laughs> I wish I could, but I can't. That's the reality. Anybody do, they lying to you. They praying it to your flesh. Yeah, I believe in miracles. And the greatest miracles of the one he working on you and me. Amen. You were dead, deserved his wrath, but now he called you his son. Ain't that a miracle? Yes, amen. Yes. You deserve his wrath. You earned it. Then he went to the cross because he loved you so you don't have to get what you deserve. And then you get more than you can ever imagine because grace is the favor of God on your life. And it has nothing to do with how much you have. It's just funny like that. It's just funny like that. Go to, uh, I'm almost done. Go to Galatians. Chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Start at the... Start at 16, I think. The 21. Yeah, 16 to 21. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Stop right there. If you walk by the love and the sacrifice of, of God, then you will walk, you are actually what? Walking in the spirit. And when you walk in the spirit, you won't gratify what? Yes. Ain't that simple? Mm -hmm. Y'all call walking in the spirit some of the weirdest thing. <laughs> but that word walk is actually walking, the participle. Okay, and what I'm trying to tell you is that's like abide and abiding. Yeah. You can't walk in the spirit or walking in the spirit unless you're abiding in Christ. Okay. It One works with the other. Because abiding and walking go together. So if you're walking in the spirit, you will gratify what? Your flesh. So a barometer is when you hear something and you get too happy about it at first, check yourself mm -hmm. to make sure it's not gratifying your what? Yes. I've done this in practice and you'll get better at it if you practice it. You hear something, don't get so excited. Be like, hmm. Yes. Yes. Let me think this out. Let me go to God in prayer. I'll get back with you. It sounds good, but you know what? I got to see if this is a, a, a test of my flesh. When you walk in your spirit, you won't gratify the it say this ain't might you won't gratify the flesh. That's what you get from abiding. Read. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Mm -hmm. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. See? 
the desires of the spirit or against what the flesh mm -hmm. and desires of the flesh or against the spirit that's the war yeah. that you fight that's the wall Paul was talking about. When I do, when I when I try to do what I want to do, I can't seem to do it. Yeah. And what I want to do, I do not do. He's yeah. schizophrenic. He knows there's a war going on. Yeah. That's right. That's right. When I try to do good, evil is always present. Yeah. I done heard so many sermons, the evil outside of you. No, he ain't talking about the evil outside of you. He's talking about the evil within you. Yeah. But Jesus died so you won't have you won't face the penalty. And he died so you can have the power that sin may not have any more dominion over you. It doesn't have any control over you unless you let it. Amen. And the way not to let it is to submit yourself to the word of God so, and abide so you can walk in the spirit. He won't gratify that old flesh. Mm -hmm. Okay, read. For these are opposed to each other. See, there you go. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. So it keeps you from doing the things that you want to do. It said Corinthians, it says God's love restrains us or constrains us. See, when you in God's love, you're going down a narrow road. That's right. Okay. Yep. okay. When you in God's love, you're going down a narrow road. <laughs> there are bumpers. Like at the at the bowling alley, so you won't fall into the ditch. You know how they set the bumpers out for the kids? Yeah. So they can always get the ball down and knock down some pins, right? Okay. Same thing with you. If you walk in God's love and you're walking in the spirit and you're sticking or staying and being obedient, then what happens is these guardrails are put up and when you head towards them, you'll bump on them, get on back to the middle. you bump up on this and get on back to the middle. And then what you'll learn is, you know, I'm tired of bumping, I'm just going to go down the middle. I'm tired of bumping. I'm just going to go down the middle. And a lot of times, <laughs> I tickle myself sometimes with this. A lot of times, we have to be bumped up a lot of times before we get this. You know, it takes it takes a few bumps and a few bruises. Uh-huh. Go to 1 John. I'm almost done. Go to 1 John. Um, 1 John chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 through 16. 1 John 2, 8. Read chapter verse 6 first. And then skip to 8. Whoever says he abides in him Listen. ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Sacrificial. Uh -oh. I didn't make that up. That's right. It's in the word of God. He don't mean walking through Jerusalem. Before y'all get to thinking, y'all need to get a plane to Jerusalem. This is, this is spiritual. You need to walk in the uh, obedience of sacrifice that he walked. He said, if you abide, if you abide, see, there's that caveat. I'm not going to assume that you abide till I can see that you're walking like he walked. Think you can demonstrate you, you got much fruit. He said, read that again. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Walked in the same way in which he walked. That's walking in what? Humility. Right? That's walking in sacrifice. That's walking in considering the others more significant than yourself. Very simple. But so hard for us to do. Because religion actually makes you idolater. 
It does. Because it has you focused on all the external and not the internal. It has you looking around for stuff. Where's the cross at in the church? Where's the, the, the penny windows? That can't be no church. Shoot, those, those things that's in churches, they ain't the church. The church is the people. The building is just the place we meet. It's only a sanctuary because you're here. Because you're the temple of God. That's what Corinthians told us. You're the temple of God. But you're only temple of God when you're walking and abiding him. Go to eight. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, uh -huh. which is true in him and in you. Mm -hmm. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Mm -hmm. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Mm -hmm. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. Mm -hmm. And in him, there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Mm -hmm. I, am, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Mm -hmm. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. So the only way you're gonna overcome is to abide. It's not no formula. It's just you need to abide. Stick, obey, and stay. That's all you need to do. In First John chapter three, you don't need to go to read all chapter three for yourself. It says that we that 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 those who practice sin are not the children of God. Right. It don't, it don't say those who, who have, a, have a struggle with sin. It says that you are so proud and so arrogant, so idolatrous, that you're going to practice sin and think you're fooling God. Yes, yes. Your religious activity, you, you, you think you're fooling God. And he said, those who practice sin, they have no relationship with me because there is no sacrifice. There's no giving something up. You're pursuing the answers of the world and you get the world's answers, but they don't have anything to do with God. It's, it's been said and it's going to keep being said. You guys got to, got to get beyond this. The church need to, need to become like the, the culture. The church need to figure out what the millennials and the zennials and the cleanials and the AZs are doing. No, we don't. We know what they're doing. They're sinning. Because we had already said, me and mother was talking, fashion and came back around. They think they're doing something with bell bottoms. Right. <laughs> and afro puffs. And natural hair. Right. All they got to do is watch Soul Train. They can see all of that. <laughs> Everything goes in cycles. And the cycle of man, I've seen it, it's wash, rinse, repeat. And what I mean by that is, what I see in the Israelites, God comes and washes them. 
Then he rinses them. Then they have a time of prosperity. Then he has to start all over again because they yes. become corrupt with too much prosperity. Yes, sir. Now you got to repeat. Well, church, the Bible says that he's going to come back to a church that doesn't have a spot or wrinkle. So he's going to have to wash, rinse, and repeat. Until those who are not part of the body will be exposed and proved that they're not part of the body because they won't abide. We don't chase culture. Culture needs to chase us. Because that young lady or gentleman that got that they got their whole body tattooed and, and got to fake this and fake that. When they get 70, let's go see what that going to look like. <laughs> Young men, you got your braids and you think you're cute. They handsome, you think you're cute. Yeah, you do. That's what you say to them, Diane. You don't say you're handsome. Y'all you, just start telling these men they're cute. I hear it. I ain't talking about, you know, and I ain't, but, but see, this is what I will tell the brother with braids. They got natural braids. This is what I'm going to tell you. Go look at a picture of your grandpa. And you start seeing that ball and pattern up here. You're going to get it too. So, so you better hold on to them. Because one day, and it might come at 30. Yes, it does. That's right. It does. And you sitting there wondering, when I was 20, they was down to my back. Now I got this landing field in the middle of my head. Because, because again, culture changes. And we get older. But we need to abide in God. And see, God don't care if you ball or with hair. God don't care if you wear bell bottoms or straight legs. God wants you to be worship him in spirit and in truth. God so loved this world that he gave his son. That whomever believes shall not perish. But have this thing called everlasting life. And we just read in Jude that we need, that we need to attach ourselves and wait on this Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith as we deal with his mercies that we may participate in this thing called everlasting life. See, the road is narrow and many will not find it because they're doing everything else. And they're trying to relate to the word in a way that the word don't want to relate to them. Even though all of us in this room that's alive have been 16 to 18. And we look at the young folks and tell them we had the same desires as you had. But the only thing is, we want to get you to Christ and expose you to the truth so that when you come, it ain't foreign to you. You're going to do what you do. You're going to fall away. From the teachers, you can, no, they ain't, they ain't going to church. <laughs> I used to fall asleep. I, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to go, I, you know, I don't want to go. Why I got to go to church? Yep. My question is, why don't you have to go to church? Mm. <laughs> we only talk about an hour and 15 minutes out of your thumb time. That's all we talking about is an hour and 15 minutes out of your thumb time. You will exercise your thumbs in a few minutes. Thank God ain't no football game. I know next Sunday I'm going to And football game ain't till five. 
<laughs> they get ready. But you gotta get ready. But think about this. If you had that much commitment to God, your life might change. Yeah, you 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 gotta get ready for the party. You don't get ready for church like that. You be dragging. And I get that. Been there, done that. I'm just saying it's just interesting to me that for those of us who really appreciate the abiding, it's just some about us that say, you know what? We just want to honor God with our time and be on time. Because guess what? He was on time when he saved us. So I'm going to be on time for the other saints. You ain't on time for you. You on time for the saints that come early and want to talk to you. Sometimes they want to fellowship before church. Because when we're in church, we're in church. Amen. We in church. And then he said, go, go to uh, I'm, I'm almost done. Go. I'll be trying to that. God just keep giving me scriptures. Go to uh, 3 John 3 17. 3 17, 18, 19, and 20. Oh, go to uh, 18. Start at 18. John 3 18. And then, uh, Nancy, go to uh, uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 11. I got another, but I ain't gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to be done. Go ahead. John 3, 18. Uh-huh. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. So, in other words, you condemned already because you really don't believe in the truth. Mm. See, believing in him is not believing in his name. Like I said, the demons believe and they tremble. And they going to hell for sure. So it's just not a, 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 a mental ascent to Jesus. It's a submission ascent to Jesus. It's a sacrifice of self to get to know the Jesus that wants to save your soul. Okay? So you condemned already. And see, you don't like to tell people that. See, you, you read John 3, 16 and 17 and you cool. That's your witness. God so loved the world. He gave his only God. You said real good too. But you don't say 17 and 18 were nothing. Read 18. Let me start at 17 again. Read 16. Let's, let's see how let's get the part that everybody loves. For God so loved the world. You see how great verse went up? For God so loved the world. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. Ahead, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now say the next part just as rambunctious. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Mm -hmm. Whoever believes in God, him God, 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 God. Come on, give me the, give me the rebels. Rebels. <laughs> Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already mm -hmm. because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Mm -hmm. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Stop right there. So the reason why they don't come, they don't want to be exposed. Right. Yep. That's all. That's it. The reason why you why there's part-time Christians, they don't want to be exposed. Mm -hmm. Because some when some of y'all or 
pastor done told them, you can just come like you want to come and stay like you stay, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you leave there, you still. It didn't say that. He said, come in truth. Mm -hmm. it, it, it said, you, you hide because you don't want your deeds exposed. I don't mind y'all being nice to me. I don't mind y'all being so gracious to me. I appreciate all of that. But I want you saved. Hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah. More than anything. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Because what's the point in, in, in you coming here me buttering you and you buttering me? Yeah. We go, both going to slip and slide right into hell. Yeah. Hell is real. Yeah. And it's a horrible place to end up when you don't have to be there. Yeah. Now you say, well, what do I have to do? Just come to God in truth and meet you a sinner. And then on the fact that his son was willing to save you and has saved you and accept it and expose yourself to God. You ain't going to do it all in one day. It's going to take a little time. Prayer from the saints. Talking to the saints. Reading, studying your Bible. And you'll start exposing yourself to God because you will realize God is such a loving God that he's been winking at your sin all this time. But he said, I ain't going to wink no more. He's long-suffering with you like he was long-suffering Israel. Do you know in the Bible, Noah preached a hundred years before the flood came? Amen. To get him a chance? A hundred years. And every true man or woman of God does not preach jello, sugar, and lollipops. We've taken this encouraging thing in, a, in two parts. You need some rebuke and some correction. That's what the Bible say. Some instruction and in righteousness. But the only way you can appreciate it, you start abiding. You start abiding in Christ. Read, Nancy. Let me Luke 8 and 11. Uh -huh, let's see what kind of people we got here. Let's see if I'm proving we got part-timers. Go ahead. Luke 8 and 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are well, those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So in other words, here they, they believe at the moment, but because their heart hasn't been changed, the devil can come scoop it up and take it away. Part time. Next. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Stick, obey, and stay. Mm -hmm. They stuck. But temptation and, and things that's going around them made them drift away. Because they got uncomfortable while they were speaking mm -hmm. and staying. Things wasn't going their way. Yeah. Yes, they were decreeing and declaring that it wasn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what normally happens. Yeah, they're they doing all that. You know, they're doing different stuff, and, and they've been told to do this stuff because they're mimicking what they see you do, and they and they come to, it ain't working for you, but you ain't going to tell them that. you just going to let them keep doing it, and they get frustrated and go, I did what you told me to do, it ain't working. <laughs> I done said this seven times, rolled it on my mirror, threw it up in the air, put it over my bedpost, and it ain't working. Okay. So they, so when temptation comes, they leave. Next. 
and that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, mm -hmm. go forth mm -hmm. and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. So in other words, they start off good, but they start living other people's cars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God has blessed them with a better car than they ever had in their life, but they still living in somebody else's car. Yeah. Wow. Or a house. Mm -hmm. Or a job. And you still wondering why so-and-so got promoted and you didn't. Mm -hmm. And see, now that begins to take you away. Yeah. So for the minute that you got the promotion, you got the car, you got the house, you got the husband, you got the wife, you was cool. But all it takes is mm -hmm. something better to come along that you can look at. And then all of a sudden, you like, well, God, why they got that? And I don't. Mm -hmm. We go to the same church. We go to the same Bible study. Yeah. We're in the same prayer group yeah. together. But yeah. I'm looking at what they got and saying, they got all of this. So why don't I? So why don't I? I must be doing something wrong. You're coveting. That's right. You're coveting. See all these part-time people in this Bible description? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what happens next. Read. But that on the good ground are they which are an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. When the Pharisees, when God, when John the Baptist saw the Pharisees, he said, what y'all doing here, you vipers? Mm -hmm. You know you destined for hell. Mm -hmm. Bring forth the fruit of repentance. Wow. In mm -hmm. this situation with this soil, you see there's one difference. The soil is prepared which is the heart of man. And who prepares the heart of man? God. So when God prepares the heart of man, when they receive the word, it takes, it sticks, it's obedient, and it stays, and you produce much fruit. You ain't looking at what everybody else does. You looking at what God has called you to do. I can only benefit from you if you're actually in the place where God wants you to and not as a man-made place they done uh, uh, exalted you to. Jesus. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. We almost done. 11. 11. 3 verse 11. Oh, it start getting good to me, y'all. I'm sorry. Come on, let's go. Second Timothy three, verse eleven. Second Timothy three, verse eleven. My persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystria, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. So, in other words, what he's saying is. To stick, obey, and stay, you're going to have to endure persecution. Yes, right. But again, like I've always said, y'all can confuse persecution with prosecution. Mm -hmm. Prosecution is what you do to get in trouble. Yes. Persecution is, is what you get when you believe in Christ. Mm -hmm. So you think that that person on your job is persecuting you. No, they're not. Mm -hmm. No, they're not. That ain't no persecution. Because they're not persecuting you for your faith. Right. Persecution with what lies within a fine line of faith. Not because they think you cute and they they think they cute up. Hey. Not because you know they got this, that, and the other. They you know that's not that's not persecution. That's not even prosecution. That's vanity on your part. Because you want to label what's unholy and make it holy. Yeah. Persecution is holy. Yeah. 
And for those of us who stand on the wall and stand on his word and won't veer to the left or to the right and look into the marvelous eyes of Jesus, because he said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men into me. Don't bring them down to you. Lift people up to him. So those who stick, obey, and stay, those who walk and abide in Christ will always see and bear much fruit. That's simple as that. So the question is, are you walking? Are you sticking or staying and obeying? Are you, are you abiding? Are you persevering through this day? Understanding it's not going to be easy. I know you got a past. Everybody in this room got a past. Amen. But you're here now. Amen. And you got to look back at your past and say, I can't remove one thing from it and be who I am today in Christ. Because we fantasize about, well, what if I had better this? And what if I had more of that? And what if I got the toy on Christmas Eve that I wanted? And what if I would have married the person I was? All these ifs, ands, and buts. But to think about it, it wouldn't have made you who you are. Because if you change one thing, even the day you tied up your shoe on the right side that you normally do and you did it on the left side, it would, you wouldn't be the same person. There it is. Amen. Because it's the multitude of your experiences that brought you to Christ. Jesus. It's your multitude of experience that God saw through the history of time that all of us from all these different backgrounds would be together. He saw that. Yes. yes. Hallelujah. And he didn't see that for you to be a part time of. He saw that so that you may glorify him and bring forth much fruit. Glorify your God. Amen. Stick, obey, and stay. Walk in the spirit so you won't gratify the flesh and see what God will do. Is it easy? No. It's one of the hardest things that you don't have to do. They say, well, Pastor, what you just say? He didn't work it out through you. After you submit to him. You can't live a Christian life. He has to live it through you. You keep trying to do what only the Holy Spirit can do through time. What with the light you got? Quit running more than what you had until you until you actually somewhat mastered it. And you know how you know that you master the light you got? You get it light to somebody else. That's what you'll do with it. You won't hold it so close to the vest. You'll say, oh man, this light so it's an overflow. So let me find the purdy, let me give you some of this overflow. So Joyce, let me give you some of this overflow. Vera, let me give you some of this overflow. Because God has poured into me richly. And when you, when you have God and the Spirit moving you, you I can sit up here for probably five hours and do this. And the reason why is not because I'm so great. It's because he's so good. And I'm so, I'm so thankful. And I want y'all to get it. Even if it kills me, I want y'all to go to heaven and learn the things of God so you can live a life above your circumstances, incidents, and accidents that you never have to look back. You can always look forward. You can always look forward. You can always say, is Christ in me the hope of glory? I want y'all to have that confidence. All right, I'm done. Oh, grace Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Lord, continue to bless us as we abide in you and go forward in faith. 
Lord, teach us how to stick, obey, and stay. Yes. And Lord, let your words fall upon the hearts of many. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace. And do what? Walk in truth. Amen. Now. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon.